Do you ever wonder what happened to your friends from high school? I mean, you were so close. You laughed together, you cried together, you shared some of the best years of your lives together. And yet, somehow through life, you just lost touch. Now it's time to relive those moments once again. Introducing the podcast that takes you back in time to the place where it all began. This is Class Reunion. We're bringing you all the gossip, secrets, and scandals from your high school days that you won't want to miss. Join us as we catch up with old classmates and dive into the wildest stories from our high school days. From those legendary parties to the infamous cliques, we're spilling all the tea on who's who and what really went down. So grab a seat, turn your volume up, and get ready for a trip down memory lane. Class Reunion, the podcast that reunites us all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Class Reunion. I have somebody very special today that I've been wanting to have on because he's the the man behind Class Reunion. It is my podcast editor, Cameron Cabral, is on with us today from Austin, Texas. Thank you, Cameron, for joining. Did you hear me? Yeah, I think it froze. Did, oh. Yeah. No. Did you ask me a question or something? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, the reason why I wanted you on was for a number of reasons, but the but the thing that everybody always comments on is, oh my gosh, your podcasts are so well done. How did you do it? They're so professionally edited. And you know, I feel like I've been lying to the people. <laughs> <laughs> that it's me and it's not. So I started to work with you just with May of this year. And we're just like this very unlikely duo. So I want to go into that. But please just let me know a little bit about your background, where you graduated and how you got into this business. So I graduated San Francisco State in 2019. I think it was the end of 2018, actually. Do the uh, math, people. He's young. Film major. I feel like when I went to school, to be a film major. Like I always wanted to do that. I wanted to like direct and write. But when I went into school, I felt like movies were kind of dying. Marvel mm. was like the big thing, you know, like real independent movies, like people aren't really going to see. So I was already kind of not as interested in school. I was kind of already looking for another thing. And I always liked editing and I hated being on sets. That's another thing that I learned is like, it was just really stressful to be on a set. Mm -hmm and really stressful to work with so many different personalities but mm. they're not they're not like all at their best you know everyone's mm -hmm. stressed out so it's time like, is money time is yeah, money yeah. yeah so it was like really it was hard to like adjust to that and i never really liked it that much yeah and so i was always like if i could get like an editing thing that would be amazing mm -hmm. i started working with this company and i started editing for them and then that turned into me running my own business. So I kind of pivoted from film stuff more to like podcast production. And when you management. first did it, like, did you even see that the, the trajectory of podcasting? Like, because this is for me, I didn't see how everybody's got a podcast now, right? So I listened to them, but it exploded, I feel like during COVID. I feel like that was a- Yeah. Yeah. So I got in like a little bit after 2020. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I was still writing that like podcast explosion mm -hmm. period. Well, I 
found you by trusting my gut. So I had had this idea of class reunion, just wanting to pivot out of corporate America. And I was actually down a path with someone else, which I shared with you when we met. And something just told me like, this is going to have to be close relationship. And it's got to be somebody that you gel with and get your vision. And I pivoted at the last minute (laughs) and filled out a form with you and had a phone call with you. And the fact that it's so polar opposite of who I was going to go down the path with, this person was supposedly all connected in LA and things like that. It was such a great decision to go with you. And you never made me feel like the older person. I'm, am I the oldest person you do work with? I don't think so. You like, like I told you what I wanted to do with class reunion, which was a vague idea because I had not been in the podcast business. And like, you never wavered from wanting to work with me. It was amazing. And you were excited and you saw the possibilities. And I was like, okay, if this guy gets it, I might be onto something because it's like you can be the outsider looking in. I've got my friends and and my generation who it's very easy to go down the, you know, memory path with. But if someone outside at your age finds it interesting, then that's very cool. Mm -hmm. So you've become like my therapist. <laughs> and also somebody that encourages me that, yeah, yeah, this was an interesting episode. Oh, yeah, I learned this. So we are kind of giving thanks on this episode. Thanksgiving's coming up. And I reached out to Cameron and I'm like, you know what? I just want to celebrate where we are today because there's so much room to grow. But sometimes you just have to pause and be like, okay, this was a fun ride so far. Lessons learned. And I also wanted to say to you that because I get so many questions on how I produce this show, that we're going to go through a little bit of, you know, giving thanks to some of the guests, but giving tips and lessons learned that I've adapted to from you to maybe help listeners if they try to or decide to go down the podcast road. And of course, I recommend you highly. But so on like May 17th, I put this down as when I launched my first. So I I met you in April. And then by May, you were cranking like that's the other thing too. You were ready to rock and roll and forced me to do some things. And one of the things that you did, you recommended that I do my solo episodes without video. Mm -hmm. And I like the contrast. Like at first I was like, oh, that's different. But it's it gets the audience like they get my guests and then they have to just listen to my illustrious storytelling. <laughs> but you have a passion for people's stories and yeah. you push that part on me to make me do it. And and it's been really one of the the best outcomes from from the podcast so far is is having me do those those single episodes. Yeah, that's what got me interested in podcasts. Like I said, when I was going to school, I was like watching a bunch of movies and half the time I'm like, there's not enough story here for me. Yeah. Like I would be like listening to podcasts while we're like watching a movie in school because I'm like, I need more stimulation. <laughs> so your generation. Well, it's it's helped me a lot and I, I thank you. So We decided, or I was thinking at the time, at the same time we started, that whole release of Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, which you would be too young, but it was obviously a book way back in the day. And it just happened to release at that time in a movie form. And I realized that she kind of divided the book into chapters, you know, your first kiss, your best friend. And so ironically, I use that as a way to parlay my first few episodes, which I did. I had my first kiss. Mm. Do you remember who your, yours was? I think so. I was trying to think about this. Because <laughs> I don't so know memorable. if it was a, 
I don't know if it was a real first kiss. I remember I was at her house and I was really, it was like elementary school. And I just remember like, I don't know if I kissed her on the cheek or the lips or what. No. But what I remember was the worst was like the dad was like, but you don't do that. Well, you did it in front of the dad? <laughs> I don't know. I was a little <laughs> kid, you know? I don't know what I was thinking. No, that one, let's not count that one. Do you know, uh, like, you know, if you think about that moment, like, boy, like when you go mm. home and you know you've had a kiss. I mean, I remember the first good one. Do you know that person or keep in touch? You don't have to share here, but. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. See, that's what I loved <laughs> about this was like, I've kept in touch with Scott all these years. Like, that's pretty cool that, you know, yeah. guy from elementary school all the way at my age, we're, we're still keeping in touch. So that was a lot of fun. But what I liked was Nicole Hakeem Yan in this whole beginning episode after we went through friendship and elementary kindergarten friends, she was that theater major that had, you know, lead in every play. And so when I contacted her, that was the initial outreach was like to, to profile the person we all looked up to and admired, which we still do, of course. But she took it to such a really cool way of exposing mental health. And I just wondered if there's anything about that one in general that you took away with, because I thought it was a beautiful episode. And she did a really good job. It was the first time I started to really get feedback from people on like, wow, that was a good description of depression or how she deals with it or how we can help deal with it with her. I think going through that one made me think about depression in a different way. I mean, I've thought about it a lot and I thought I've had it before. And mm -hmm. after she explained it, I was like, oh, I don't think I have it like that. That mm -hmm. It's a darker hole that's harder to get out of than I was thinking. You know yes, what I mean? when she said that itty bitty bitty light, yeah. like, I mean, everyone remembers that part. The way I describe it to people is like, you feel like you are in the darkest, deep, deep hole and you look up and there's a teeny, weeny, weeny little pin of light oh. and you so want to get to that light, but you can't. Mm -hmm. That's depression for me. I think we all have anxiety to some degree and right. that can be confused because anxiety right. can paralyze, paralyze us from like moving forward. But another interesting thing she said, which when you said you didn't have it is I always thought it I could have something to say that would be supportive or motivating or inspirational. And she was like, no, you know, it's a good thing yeah. to keep in touch, but when it's there and you are deep in it, that person has to find not alone find their way out, but there's no magic thing I'm going to say or do. Just the constant texting and, and being in touch is important. I just thought she did a really beautiful job. I'd almost like to have her on again to kind of further educate because it, it it is something that's still needs to be talked about, I think. So then we we went to, you know, Rich, who's living on his boat, right? And then we had the neighborhood gang, the Forestwood gang. Yeah. And that was my first time experimenting with multiple people joining a call, which was new for me because, you know, this whole thing is new for me, but it worked. It just takes some some planning to do it. But that was a lot of fun seeing, you know, more people involved in one call and reminiscing about times that they had in their own neighborhood. I loved that. And it definitely pushed me to doing it with my street, the Eldridge Lane gang. Like that was like, if I can do it with them and have fun, I've got, I've got to reunite with people in my neighborhood. Did you grow up in that type of environment? Like where you had all of your neighborhood friends or? In high school, like we were like a four man group and everybody okay. like lived around me. <laughs> 
that it was pretty cool. But like as a as a kid, I had like one next door neighbor that we hung out a lot. And then really that was kind of it. I didn't really like have like a neighborhood. Crew you didn't put I, on plays or anything. <laughs> nah, none of that. <laughs> but like, did anybody have a pool that you went swimming? In? Oh yeah. Like my neighbor, or like we had a pool and we would go back and forth. Yeah. I mean, that was awesome, right? I mean, yeah. I felt like my brother was more of like the outside kid. I was more of like the inside kid. Oh. So he he kind of like was like on the bike playing, you know, outside with like a bunch of neighbors. Okay. And so this is where our generation gap shows because as you know, and you've heard a hundred times, like we were banished and we had to, I mean, it didn't matter if you're rich, poor, wherever you lived, all of us at our age were out of the house. The doors were locked. Our moms watched soap operas while they were cleaning the house and or whatever, who knows what went on in there, but you couldn't come back till dinner. Like mm. you couldn't be an indoor kid. So yeah. enjoy that part of your childhood. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, maybe I should have, I should have got outside more actually. Well, I mean, when I listen to your guys' stories, I'm like, oh, that seems like it was fun. Fun, yeah. It was so fun. And that's, but that's where we as parents, though. So you're 29, my son's 27, he'll be 28 in January. So that's, I like the connection. But we kept our kids in. So us as parents, we didn't give people the same experience. We were like overcompensating. You think we'd close the door and let our kids play outside? No yeah. way. Like we went yeah, the why, opposite way. Why is that? I think it's two things. One is safety was a lot more accessible to hear about stories. Like it happened when we were growing up, which you've heard okay. on all the podcasts. Yeah. Like there were kidnappers and and there were islands that people had in Ann Arbor, like Epstein's Island. There was a guy in Ann Arbor who was rich and he had his own kids island out there. Mm. That shit went on. But with social media and having more access to stories and finding out where your bus route was and you could see who's a pedophile. We didn't have that in the 80s or 90s. And all of a sudden, us as parents were like, oh my God, look what's going on in the world. It was always going on, but yeah. now we saw it, heard it, the news was on. So we kept you all in arm's reach, you know? And and I think we should have done a better balance, but like we didn't. We 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 became helicopter parents right off the get go. Yeah, makes yeah. I mean, my mom made me just so scared that like somebody was gonna take me. So I knew that was always on the table. <laughs> and our parents could give a shit. Like we had, you know, just like ah, oh, he doesn't be care careful. About you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we had Jennifer who adopted from Haiti, which was a beautiful yeah. story. And I really liked that because um, I got in touch with her. I was that super close with her in high school. And we, we talk all the time. We had Eric Daniel. So we explored the strike that was going on with SAG-AFTRA mm -hmm. and trying to get the independent film out. Now everyone's talking about their films, but he was in that really early yeah. you yeah. know, crossover. That was tough. And that was my first two-part episode because I, mm -hmm. I called you and I was like, there's too much here. You know, there's reminiscing of the high school years and what it was like, but then there's all this stuff I was learning about his time in Hollywood. He's the first person I knew that was like out in that realm and trying to sell screenplays, which he did. And it was worthy of, of two episodes. So I appreciate you taking that chance to make that two storylines. I thought that was a good one. And then one of my favorite ones was Mark Kay, who became the principal. Because first of all, he's hilarious. And he has a he has a good way of like, talking about the contrast from when we grew up to what he's dealing with now. And the responsibility that teachers and faculty have yeah. to raising these kids. Mm -hmm. And that's where you were talking about with me, 
it's almost like every generation lets go of that responsibility more and more. And it's just got to make it so tough on teachers and faculty. They have to, you know what I mean? It, I just think that's a, that's a tough, tough thing that he deals with every day. And I thought he did a really good way of describing that. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting when he was like, during the pandemic, everyone was like, oh my God. Right. Thank you. Thank God for teachers. Yes. And then all of a sudden, as soon as restrictions get get dropped, it's like it's like you're oh, not doing your job. Yeah, it's it's back to being a thankless job, you know. Yeah, I liked that. And he's somebody who <laughs> calls me all the time, and he's become like my my secret hype man and critiquer. I love it. And that's another <laughs> guy. Like the beauty of reconnecting with these classmates is I have regained friendships with. Of course, I knew Mark in high school, but. Not to the degree I do now. He's hilarious. We think alike. He's just become a very good friend. And none of that would have happened, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Without the the podcast. No, no. And then I thought Dan Wagner was perfect timing. So he was the one that was my junior homecoming day. But what I liked about it was, and I've said this to people one-on-one, but I'm going to announce it here. I just came up with the idea class reunion because I was in a period where I wanted to reminisce about the past and reconnect. And I was like, you know, sometimes class reunions, just you have this super high level. How are you? Oh, you live in Austin. You have two cats, whatever it is. And I want to have deeper connections one-on-one. So I just ironically called it class reunion. And their 40th was happening this August. Dan is a year older than me. And so everyone was like, this is so cool that you're interviewing classmates before the reunion. And at first I was like, well, this isn't what I'm doing it for, but- it's such a cool connection and coincidence right. that Dan had just finished it and was really involved in the planning. And he did a beautiful job of saying, go, because at your age, you're not going to feel like it's worth going back all the time necessarily. You might, but like mm-hmm. everyone's just sort of in the same position or mm-hmm. or you keep in touch anyway, so you don't really need to to see everybody. But a 40th is like that level point of, are you really going to be around for the 50th? Are you going to want to go to the 50th? Where's your life going to be? Like, this is the time to really reconnect. We're all older. We've all been through stuff. Let's bury all those old hatchets of whatever may have happened. And let's just reconnect of like, wow, this is what we went through all these years together. Mm -hmm. And and celebrate it, you know? I mean, it's not a competition at this point. We're all just on the second half of life trying to have a really good time and let's do it. So I like Dan because he had just come fresh from the reunion and was able to promote like why it's important to just lay it all down. So little fun fact, and we're going to pause and do like a little break in between some of these episodes that we're giving thanks to and reminiscing. I didn't know what a reel was. I didn't know what a thumbnail was. I didn't know your language. And so when I met you, and I don't know if you remember, but you know, you had these different prices and stuff and you're like, well, for this, I can do the reels and story. And, and I was like, what? (laughs) I had no idea what in the heck you were even talking about. And so you're like, well, how do you want the thumbnail to look? And I'm like, what's a thumbnail? Like it's my my hand. (laughs) I had to look all that shit up. No, really? No idea. So we were on, I sent you a portfolio and then we did a call, right? Yeah. So I was just saying, yes, I do. Okay. When we were on the call, you're just like, 
Okay. <laughs> All you I have knew no is, idea? No. Okay. It, and this is why everybody who wants to get into this business, yeah, you think it's me. It's not. It's so hard to do and it's so hard to... I'm not 25. So having that skill or knowing what platforms are out there to help you edit or get the right equipment or all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I don't No, Thank you. That is not my skill set. And I don't want to take the time to learn all of that because if you if you have the idea of a podcast, that's a lot. Finding out your equipment, how you want to launch it, how do you publish it? How do you and all of that is what I've handed off to you. And it's just what I highly recommend 100% because there's some stuff I want to learn. That's not what I'm ever going to master. Don't want to do it. Yeah. I mean, you got to wear a lot of hats to to produce your own podcast. And that's why I was like, yeah, I would, I, I would love to do this for other people because I know how to do all this. And in your sleep. That- I mean, you do it in your, you're very good. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think, yeah, I think you can, you can learn to do all of it, but it's just going to be another thing that you have to do. And it's mm-hmm. going to be mentally taxing and mm-hmm. you're probably going to give up early. I mean, I been wanting to do that without editing. It's, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta go over who your next guest is, what you mm-hmm. guys are going to talk about. Mm-hmm. You gotta do a pre-call. So it's not mm-hmm. awkward the first time you, you guys are chatting. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it's wise to get a producer that you trust and you can share ideas with that likes your ideas and you guys mm-hmm. vibe on that level. And and that's important. Like don't hesitate to punt and, and you know, go with somebody that you connect with because honestly, it, it you talk about a lot of things other than just editing and how you want things to look or feel and that's the part I value the most, you know. And part of that is the um power of engagement. So at this segment here, I want to give kudos to the people that respond the most or the most thoughtful, like they've really listened to a few things and gone out of their way to extend beyond just the first initial listen. And so what I loved was the reach of people that I hadn't connected with in a long time outside of my class. So I am going to reach out to Fred Geckel and give him a little shout out and surprise in the mail as a giveaway for his thoughtfulness and the fact that he reconnected with me. He's somebody I worked with. Mm. Um, And it was like, all of a sudden, he just kept commenting and really thought out what he was saying. And I was like, wow, like Teresa Flores, he, the uh, human trafficking, he went on Amazon and listened to her documentary, you know, which made me want to go out and listen to it. So I did. I almost bought it. I was thinking about it. It's really good. Yeah. But anyway, so for my Facebook interaction, it's going to Fred Geckel and I appreciated him reaching out who I had not seen for or spoken to for a really long time as like a coworker from, from 2005, you know? So mm-hmm. that, that was really cool. That's when I knew we were reaching people. Okay. So then we, we slowed things down and we did our little shout out to cannabis and, <laughs> and we had Brad Sermon. But what was your takeaway with that before I tell you mine? Wasn't there, there was a thing about CBD, I remember. That's what I have. Yeah. yeah. So the part that I walked away with was like, he talks about the regulation. So people have an impression on dispensaries, right? Right. right. Oh, they're bad and all that. They're so regulated. And it's the CBD shops, which I have in Florida because we're not legal in Mm. Florida, that get this stuff from China. You don't know what you're buying. Totally. And there's they're like Starbucks down here. They're on on every corner. And I don't go in them, but I was kind of like, thank God I don't, because 
you're all worried about legalizing marijuana and having dispensaries right. for people to go in and buy legally with knowing where it was growing. But you're all at these hemp shops, mm-hmm. you know, buying stuff from China and you know nothing about it. Yeah, that's all unregulated while uh-uh. marijuana, there's a bunch of checks and balances you have to go through and it has to be of quality grade. Okay, then we have Teresa Flores. And that was my, aside from my single episodes, which we'll talk about, that was my biggest private DM Mm. response Mm -hmm. that I've ever gotten. And it was such an incredible story. So I have the book too that I bought, The Slave Across the Street. This was good because she's just talking, no interruption, no interview style. It's just her sharing it. And then it answers even more questions that you sort of have, like, Sometimes you listen to it and you're like, okay, but what about this? Or what about it's in here? She does a great job of addressing the family, really finding out and how that relationship is. And her brother's in here. He does a a little excerpt. And I just think that the work she's doing with the soap project is phenomenal. And it was just interesting. That's when I kind of was like, There've been a few times people have reached out to me, which I'll explain in a minute, but when things like that happen and you get DMs of, or phone calls, I got a lot of phone calls. I'm like, then I'm doing something right. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm promoting conversation about something that's a tough topic, Mm -hmm. this is, this is good. I got to keep going, which leads me to you sharing, and you did a good job with this on your personal page podcast fatigue and why it's so important to hit the milestone, which is why I wanted to kind of pause and just do a little Thanksgiving episode. I have such a long way to go. Um, I'm only famous through Groves, but <laughs> and even then probably not, but it's true. Like you've taught me so much about podcasting. So go through that, like all the stuff behind what it takes to be successful and why it takes a long time and why people bail. Well, I think initially a lot of people start a podcast, like the first episode generally does kind of good because people are just curious, like how this is going to go. And then, yeah, somewhere along the line, you know, two episodes in, three episodes in, four episodes in, five episodes in, you could start feeling discouraged and feel like it's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people push through that. But then where a lot of people stop is like around episode 20. Mm -hmm. They're like, listen, I put 20 episodes in and my numbers aren't where where I want them to be. Like, this is just a failure. And -hmm. really, it's like you just needed to keep going Mm -hmm. because the failure is is when you stop. Mm-hmm. Now now it's a failure. Yes. A lot of people get, they call it pod fade, where they where they just get tired of producing content because it is tiring coming up with new segments. Yeah. Who else to interview new guests? It's it's a job, you know, and it turns it turns into a job, but you just gotta keep pushing through and and you'll find an even bigger audience when you do. Yeah. And that's where your therapist comes in because you know, I never know. And, and I get great feedback, of course, but you're very good on another reason why you need to have a podcast editors. You go through analytics, you go through explaining where your audience is coming from. You taught me the value of daily listens. Like it's, you know, there's, I think you said there's not a day where I don't have a view or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like you're not just hyping me up to hype me up. You're know the business and the signs and -hmm. what to look for. And, and that, Not that I've ever wanted to quit people. I haven't wanted to quit, but I am doing this on my own and it does become a full-time job. And, you know, you don't always know if you're 
making an impact. And so I appreciate people's feedback, which is why I'm taking the time to recognize people and interacting with me because it keeps me going, keeps my spirits up and it helps the podcast as a whole. So that 20 mark is no joke, people. Let me just tell you that. So uh, my second giveaway is going to be on YouTube. And at the end, we'll kind of talk about how I, you know, why interaction is important. But on YouTube, I get a notification that people have commented, which first of all, it's very important to subscribe because if you're going to go after a sponsor, that's what they look at. They look at how many people have subscribed to your channel. Yes, I know it's annoying. But for me, if I want to keep doing this and which I do, that's an important part of the whole thing is your subscribe button but also engagement. They look for reviews. They look for comments. And out of the blue, all of a sudden, I had this consistent person responding to my YouTube. And I had to look it up because it's not the name. And it's Lori Oaken. So I'm going to get in touch with you, Lori, and get your address and send you something too. You've been so kind. And you've also left some really thoughtful remarks to the episode. So I know that you were listening, like you're you're responding and bringing up pieces that were, you know, midway through the whole episode. So that meant so much to me. I was like, oh my gosh, I keep getting, Lori, look, thumbs up. <laughs> I keep getting her response and it, it just means so much. And so I don't know that everyone has an understanding of how podcasts work. So that's why I wanted Cameron on to kind of walk through where I am to date and how successful I've been because of all the wonderful people listening. But then, you know, why it's important to have some of that come come my way as well. Well, not only does it help you and me gauge how well mm -hmm. the show is doing and how people are, you know, receiving the show and receiving particular episodes, but it does help us reach out to those brands and be like, look, like people are enjoying this, like we have an audience here. And, you know, we do want to move to being more monetized. So a lot of that audience engagement really helps us out. My third giveaway for Instagram was a tie. So if anything, this is just hoping you guys start engaging because I see you, I read it and I appreciate it. So I'm gonna reach out to Diane Keller and Sharon Young, who's actually a class below us, who are so kind and write, again, comments that make me know they've listened to the whole episode. And it means a lot because I don't do much on, on Instagram. I don't have thousands of followers and they came out of the woodwork and supported me. I don't think Sharon and I communicated outside of the podcast. And it was like so cool to hear from her from the class under me, you know, so the reach is, is there and I really appreciate it. And then there's an honorable mention to Leslie Roby. She has liked Leslie Roby Marvin. She's liked every single thing I put out on Instagram and I'm like, because not everything's their name. So I'm like, who is this? And I look, she's out in LA. She lives like in Calabasas, you know, mm. and they have like this really cool, they do props for movies. So okay. they were really impacted by the strike. Yeah. Um, but like, what a cool business. And I've been following her and her family for a really long time. So that's like really neat when you have somebody like that decide to take the time to, to hit the like button. So I really appreciate that. And I want to close with my single episodes and why working with you has been such a pleasure and why you're an important piece to anybody who wants to do a podcast. Because of your art of storytelling and knowing that I had that in me because I shared a little bit, when you said turn the camera off, 
and hit record aside from the ads because I do the the voiceovers for the ads obviously and I, mm-hmm. I write some of that those those take a couple tries you know but fun fact all of my single episodes have been a single take I have never stopped I get in the zone I hit record and that's it and I send it to you I don't look back at it I don't re-record and it's been amazing because those have been you know the most listened to. And I think just like not having the screen on and just going for it, you've given me and people of my generation, because they, my story is not any different than a lot of people my age, the opportunity to listen and just let it resonate for the story that it is. Right. And that's my thank you to you this Thanksgiving, Cameron, because <laughs> uh, I didn't even know I needed to do that. And I didn't even plan it as part of the podcast. Yeah. And it's a great way to weave in that time of our life, of our Generation X, in a way that um, has been thoughtful. And uh, I'm so, so glad that it's part of the podcast. Well, thank you for attributing that to me. But you're a good storyteller. And you go back to what it felt like to feel things in the past. And I think a lot of people resonate with that and and like that. Because I get asked all the time, like, is that scripted or... Honey, no, I'd have to stop and re-record, you know, because I would be fumbling over my words and and half the time (laughs) that I'm laughing at myself, which I am now. But when I say something sometimes and then I burst out laughing because like listening to myself say it, oh my God. I, I crack yeah, it's like you've up. never you've never yeah. said it out loud, and that's why. <laughs> and I'm like, that is so dumb that I thought that wasn't a special proposal. Oh my god! <laughs> but we've got some cool things coming up after the first of the year, and I don't know when it's all going to happen. But after January, you'll see a website dedicated to the podcast. You'll start seeing, and this is for people that when I mentioned like this is a full time job, I. I I don't care if you say no, because I've reached out to a lot of people and it's okay. If I haven't reached out to you, it's just because I'm learning this as I go too. But I'm starting to do like cool things where I just recorded one today and that person has a special skill and product that they make. And so we're doing a a giveaway and it'd just be fun. Like he really wants to do it because he wants somebody to have his creation And so if there's something that like Jennifer, when, you know, she talked about her daughter from Haiti, but she talked about the needs of Haiti, I really want to start seeing that connection because that's what I'm hoping to bring, not just my class, not just my high school, but anybody who's listening, like, what is it that you would love to have an audience for to talk about? And let's give away something. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be every single time, but every once in a while, I want to throw that out because that's fun for everyone. I would love to win a prize or something. And so I'm opening that discussion too for people that, you know, if you're doing a small business of something that you, you know, want to give away. I thought about it even like with Denise, she's the one that had the children's clothing store, right? you know, little headband or something. I just didn't think of it at the time. And obviously she's doing well, She, but I want that connection with the listeners and the person that is on. So Think about that as you listen to this podcast. If that's something you're interested in, reach out to me because I would love that connection. I think it deepens the conversation and connects us all together as Gen X a little bit 
more. So those are some of the things that I just wanted to share with you that are, are, are coming up. So stay tuned for more of Class Reunion. Anything that you want to add that I may have missed? I'm really proud of your podcast and I'm proud that we're working on this together. I work on a lot of projects and it's not all the time that I feel like I get like creative control or like input. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you really give me the reins to do a lot of things. And I appreciate that. It's a good partnership. And in it, and if anything, people are interested in reaching out to Cameron. I mean, what's been beautiful about this is that isn't who I was originally going to work with. I went much younger and where some people would think that would be intimidating. It's been the best decision I ever did because, you know, you, you do have the freedom to do what you want. And I'm constantly getting compliments on the production and I can't take credit anymore. <laughs> The secret is out. It's not me. So, you know, um, when when people see a final product and they've been a guest and they're like, wow, that because we all know maybe what we were doing during the recording and they listen to the final product and like that guy's amazing. You know, the Forestwood gang, because we were all talking at the oh, same yeah, time yeah, and yeah. all over the map and it just became seamless. Like that is such a skill set you have that I will shout to the rooftop. So. Well, anyway, yeah, it. well, let's keep having a good time. Can't wait to keep moving on uh, with class reunion. Open to suggestions if anybody wants to share what they'd like to see in here in the future. But I wanted you to meet Cameron. I had to stop and say, look, it's not me. I have to let you see and meet him and thank the guests that we've already had on the show so far. So thank you very much. Appreciate it, my listeners of class reunion. And we'll see you next week. Happy Thanksgiving, Cameron. Happy Thanksgiving. All right, friends, that's it for this episode of Class Reunion Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show, write us a review, and share this podcast with a friend. Until next time.